like a bunch of lunatics running around being like, and guys, we need more housing. I don't know why you don't get it. Although we're not not that. We're not <laughs> <laughs> Hi, welcome to Infill, where we discuss local San Francisco politics and policy. Wait, today, wait, I'm going to start all over again. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Infill, where we discuss, not, I, I'm about to do it again. Hey, welcome to Infill, where we discuss all politics and policy around housing, because this time we're doing state level. State level. Uh, I'm Laura Clark. I run Yimby Action. I'm Louis Morante. I'm the Ledge Director for California Yimby. I'm Sam Moss. I'm the Executive Director at Mission Housing Development Corp. And a Yimby Action board member. Mm, you love putting that one in there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, long welcome. Time, uh, long time uh, caller, first time listener to the podcast. Uh, really happy to be here. That's not how it yeah, works and I'm sure that, I don't think that's how that works. But, but, yeah. In in white male urbanism world, you'd be surprised, actually. <laughs> you just get to be right no matter what's yeah. happening. You say it with conviction, right. and you're right. Um, well, okay, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to San Francisco. Thank you. Mr. Sacramento. <laughs> um, so today we're going to talk... that was my dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, today we're going to talk about uh, all of the stuff we're doing at the state level and kind of the three legs of a stool model um, and sort of where it fits both impacting local projects and how these kind of like each piece fits together, which is super exciting. Um, so kind of starting us off, um, Lewis, talk about California Yimby and Ooh. like how awesome it is that we've like launched y'all. Great. Yeah. So it's it's been very exciting. Um, the sort of idea for it, I think, came out of uh, y'all's success with Senate Bill 167 last year where we passed some really great enforcement uh, strengthening uh, in the Housing Accountability Act, and everybody was just sort of like, "Wow, like let's let's keep this energy up." Um, and so uh, Brian Hanlon uh, and I, and a third person, uh, Stacy Cohen, located in uh, Southern California, are California EMB now, and we're working on statewide legislation. It's very exciting, and uh, yeah, doing SB eight two seven, which is a bill you might have heard about. And, uh, Wait, yeah. can we, I feel like you're bearing the lead. Guys, <laughs> guys, we have three full-time Sacramento lobbyists. That's true. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. yeah. So the shilling can start the, yes. the shilling. finally. Yes. The, yeah. You had to register I, as right? a lobbyist. Yeah, yeah we literally registered yeah. as a lobbyist. <laughs> now we can officially yeah. shill. Yeah. Yes. Oh, like, and I very much, like, I almost had this on my business card, but like, <laughs> I am the shill for the shills who shill for other shills. Appreciate it. There's we like three or four levels of shilling there. <laughs> I'm real proud of that fact. I, we are proud of yeah, it as well. You're a very young millennial to be so shilly. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, working hard at killing stuff like Applebee's though. So not uh, not all shilling comes from. If you put housing where the Applebee's was, then we're all good with it. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, but why did Applebee's come up? Well, millennials, millennials kill like, everything. Yeah, they're oh, killing okay. everything. We're, we're not all just shills. Like, we're doing a lot of killing, too. Oh, okay, okay, uh-huh. okay. Is that what we're going out of business? Um, probably. All right. All right, back, back to California. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, yes, so we're working on, my job is to work on SBA 27, so I'm, like, getting some tools together to help communicate to legislators. I'm talking to legislators and their staff. 
Um, very what, focused what more does on a, Sacramento. What does 827 do, just for everyone out there in podcast <laughs> Thank land? you, thank you. So uh, SB 827 is a bill from Senator Weiner this year that California is uh, working on, helping out on. It would upzone, um, pretty much upzone, um, within certain parameters of transit, so up to 85 feet within a major transit stop, um, up to 45 or 55, depending on some other things, within a half mile or a quarter of a mile of transit, sort of as it's affected. For the folks who uh, listen to this podcast, I think what you should know about it is it would increase the zone capacity of 97, we decided, percent mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. of the single family, um, and, and the, the R1 and the R2 zoning in San Francisco. Yeah, and I mean, that's really awesome. But I, I mean, I do think it's, I, I think one thing about the Yimbies, at least the local San Francisco ones that I love, is that they're equally outraged at like when you get out at the Dublin or the Orinda Bart station. That right. It's just like a sea of grass. That's right. You know? So like, I hate grass at this point. It's, it's just one housing. Yeah. yeah. I'm, well, I, I'm we actually. Some, I don't want people to think we're anti-parks. We'll, we'll have a park. We can have actual <laughs> parks. Yeah. It's just not the just, kind of like sad crabgrass that's actually yeah. a parking lot, right? right? Well, and, and here's the other thing. Like, <laughs> I like. I don't know if you guys have found this website yet, but the, it's on the World Wide Web, Twitter.com. Um, <laughs> I was, I was on Twitter.com last <laughs> night, and uh, Jesse Argeen, mayor of uh, Berkeley, Berkeley yeah. opened like like opened a bunch of doors, I think, to the Yimby movement by saying he's willing to consider more housing at re- like replacing the parking lot at the North Berkeley Bart stop. And one of the problems there is that like you know like like in many exclusive rich communities across California, like they just have single family zoning next to this like massive public asset. Mm-hmm. So A two seven I think would be a really helpful contributor to that conversation about like switching the parking lot to housing and I just, in an exclusive neighborhood. I love that A two seven. I mean, just the fact that it came out this year and we were all like, "Yes, this is great," and like not completely surprised. You know, I just don't think that a senator in California would have been able to literally tell everyone we're going to upzone all of your land. Yeah, and like the outrage hasn't been anywhere like near I mean it's there and it's coming but I just think that like going through SB 35 and all that stuff last year we've really come I mean we have you know there's a statewide org yeah. now like you know we're, we're doing the things it's, it's a it's huge wild amount too, of national attention yeah, yeah. That right. but really in a good way though yeah. like I thought yeah the most of the initial stuff like that was there was that positive. right there was that op-ed from, from Boston yeah. yeah like I mean that that's what I'm saying is that I just am really proud of how much we believe we can actually accomplish now. So we're going to link in the show notes to a bunch of the articles and stuff about this because, like, it's really important to realize that, like, nationally a lot of people were like, finally California is taking this seriously. And then locally people were like, well, that's a crazy bill that will never pass. But, like, the idea that something will never pass is, I mean, in politics that doesn't even make any sense, you know? Like, as long as you have a group of people who are like, yes, this is the change we need to see, we can move this bill across the finish line. And we'll 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 link to um the text of as said bill eight two seven as well. And it's um, it's 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 that. early, right? Yeah, I mean it's early. There's a lot the of meetings about meetings and process of yep. process to come. Exactly. But basically but, uh, I can think of one affordable year. housing de- developer if you need an expert. <laughs> yes. I can think of at least very, one. Very, okay good. Okay, cool. I'll let you know who he is later. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, that's for everyone. That's Sam Moss, contributor <laughs> of that comment, being the smart, smart Alec over here. Um, but so yes, and so like eight two seven is, I, I think, widely regarded 
um, by many in the state, and 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 I mean, we got this headline I think from Slate, like one of the largest cracks at housing affordability in California's like history of housing policy. Mm-hmm. It's a really big deal, and um, I mean, it's a, it's also something that like. We we are going to need a lot of help on. Can I do a shameless pitch no, for help? It's yeah. not even. It's not shameless. <laughs> this, this is where we can talk about yeah. like organizational model mm-hmm. and like how yeah. we're going to leverage oh, okay, this across Let's do this. the finish line. Yeah. Cool. Um, yes. So eight two seven needs your help. We have. Um, you can sign our petition on California at caemb.org um, and find us on on Twitter. Um, there are like lots of places to put in your email. Just put your email into one of them, and if there's a comment section, like let us know that you want to help. But otherwise, on Twitter, we have a sheet where you can just like sign in and say what your skills are and how you want to help. And nice. we need that sort of stuff with like making calls to legislators and like mm-hmm. writing op-eds and that sort of stuff. I think it's a good way to like also kind of gauge how many how many local Yimby chapters there actually are in California yeah. right now. And this is where we're going to like leverage like this kind of like three legs. So I want to kind of talk about the Let's three legs of a stool model because we're going to be going from like a bunch of like people who are like flukily happening into <laughs> making successful policy. Wait, where do you want me to go I on know, Thursday right? noon? Yeah, exactly. You know, we've been, I mean, it does, it's, it's this kind of incredible moment to be like, we've been making an airplane out of shoestring and gum, yep. and now we've like hired people who know how to make airplanes, well, and, and it's just fucking amazing. And like, and like, people are taking us very seriously, <laughs> yes. which is like, Great and kind of surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It turns out that any idiot can do politics. No. And like, and uh, like, we can be those we're living idiots. Proof. It's, yes. it's also shocking that like young people can look at the data in a slightly different way and say, mm-hmm. "Holy shit, we need a whole." Can I swear on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Explicit label. <laughs> Like that, young people can look at this problem in a new way and say, "I just get, like just invent the idea of going to like planning commission meetings and saying yes to housing." Like that, th- we can de- we can develop policy proposals that are unique that like state stakeholders have not been contributing before. Well, it's great. this is like the Overton window. We talk about this all the yeah. time. That like you know when we first arrived on the scene as like five like obviously insane people. Uh, who are just there to say, yes, right. I don't care, we, we need housing, you guys are not like taking this seriously about the scale of the problem. People were like, you're crazy, what are you doing here? That's yeah. outrageous. Yeah. And then, you know, two years later, I run into the planning commissioner on the street and he's like, you know, you guys have really learned to moderate your message. <laughs> definitely have not yeah, it's I, just I that you've yeah. gotten comfortable hearing it exactly and that's like if you mobilize enough people if you get people out saying the same thing over and over again they become comfortable hearing it and yeah. it's this huge sea change and I, I think I think long term like one one of the biggest contributions that the EMB movement has already made but will continue to make I think in the discourse the national like talk about housing is that like I, for, for example I was on a panel of like 15, 15 or so throughout the day, um, um, like serious housing folks in Sacramento, and I was like probably the young youngest one. But like one of the questions proposed, like put to the panel was like, "Well, it's just is this just a change in preference? Do do the millennials just like like the city as opposed to the suburbs?" And like, you know, the, obvi- the answer, obvious answer to that is like yes and yeah. no, but like like not the point. Um, and also like. The thing that I see the Yimbies doing is like they're really changing the message on like what the city means and like where where like the ideal life is had like from this weird like suburban idyllic picture to 
like mm-hmm. a much more I think empowering picture of like more inclusion and like that's really good long term. Yeah, it's vibrant, yeah. integrated, multicultural, yeah. cool. Yeah, like artists. Lafayette. I know I make fun of Lafayette a lot, but like since that lawsuit, they actually have approved a lot of multifamily housing in their downtown yeah. core within walking distance of BART. Which so is wild. I'm gonna keep making fun of you, Lafayette. <laughs> that's like my buzzword. But uh, my family lives out there. But uh, I have to say, I, I will admit that. Thing, you know, but like that's the whole thing. Like, we that, I love when they say that we lost the Lafayette suit, that Carla right. lost the Lafayette that's suit ridiculous. because all yeah. you have to do is look at the year and a half since the Lafayette suit to know that we absolutely won. Well, and, and they yeah. paid your attorney's and they paid the attorney's fees. So, thanks, <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait, well, let's circle back because yeah. yes. actually, this the is three good legs for talking school. about I like the three this. Legs. So, yeah, Carla, yeah, was, Carla was, was Lafayette well, the first suit that Carla, yeah, but I want to start with the local clubs because okay. that's so, where our listeners yeah, come cause, in. Yeah, because really we're on the second thing now. Like California MB, statewide picture, mm-hmm. trying to help people start up organizations, but like focused on statewide policy and organizing. Yeah, so we have like, so leg number one, uh, which is the most important thing for all of our listeners, is all of the local clubs yeah. and the local activism and people paying attention. Eyes and ears on the mm-hmm. ground being pro-housing, going to these hearings and keeping track of what's happening on both a project-by-project level, a regional level, and, like, submitting op-eds, right? Like, that drip, drip, drip of, like, changing the conversation, which is, like, an abstract concept but really matters, especially when you get to leg number two, statewide, California, Mm -hmm. Yimby. Um, do you want to do leg number two? Oh, well, I think we, t- like, we talked about it a little bit, right, with A27, but, like, where, like, leg number one is working on projects and doing the meetups and, like, getting folks organized and, like, talking to local politicians. California EMB is more trying to focus on just the 120 members of the state legislature. Part of that is obviously, like, like I know you guys are very engaged in the mayoral election here, and that's great. Like, I, I see a lot of positive positive stuff coming out of that. When the legislators from San Francisco, I mean, all pretty good pro-housing folks already, but like, you know, when they when they are making decisions in Sacramento about what to do, they're frequently calling like their local mm-hmm. elected uh, officials and their planning commissions. And they're, they want to talk to people in district like like prominent organizing envies. And so like this is just such a this is this is all like parts of a larger puzzle. I and it's, I it's each yeah. local Yimby group, right? Whether it be Santa Cruz or Santa Monica or you right. know, Oak, they're like all of them are they all have right. representatives up at the state. Exactly. That the only way they're going to vote the way we want is if they know that there's a bunch of people locally right. that they'll have to go home to and right. answer to. And, and to that effect, California Yimby, like St- Stacy Cohen, the organizer for California Yimby, the the the, the 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 head organizer right now. She's trying to help folks like in Santa Monica get mm-hmm. organized mm-hmm. or, or, you know, in Riverside where we've heard some interest or in Davis. Davis has a 0.4% vacancy rate, Whoa. which everyone's describing as an improvement because last year it was 0.2. Supply and demand. Man. Yeah. So California Yimby is going to be this like our statewide eyes and ears, yeah. keeping track of the legislation and yep. helping all of us uh, local and regional organizations, mm-hmm. you know, when it's time, yep. be like, Yimby's assemble. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yeah. like, and doing a lot of the like really important thing to say, like, when is it important to write an op-ed about mm-hmm. 827? Hint, hint. Right now, it's important yeah, to write yeah. an op-ed about SB827. Yeah. There will be notes in the show. Well, and like I think this is actually another thing that uh, uh, or that California MB can can 
uh, help out with like the the just like mechanics of like I have an opinion that I would like to express to the legislator legislature and and how do I do that what's the most effective way on your point about op-eds all of these statewide officials have google alerts on their names so yeah. if you write an op-ed to, or like a, a letter to the editor kind of thing and you mention their name like that's a really effective way to get their attention so you know that kind of stuff I think is where we'll have a really symbiotic relationship and baby boomers only speak to each other through op-eds <laughs> <laughs> like that helps yeah so California Yimby like the whole point of having this like hub in Sacramento that mm-hmm. we're both coordinated and enabled by is like critical structure important for like making all of the energy that's happening across the state from all of the local and regional clubs be coordinated when it's time to attack yeah. in Sacramento yeah. and giving all the legislators the ability to know that like somebody back home is going to be cheering for them when mm-hmm. they vote yes yeah. um, or the so, other way around that's right. Or yeah, they'll be or, held accountable. Or held accountable when they vote no. Yeah, in a definitely. nice way. In a, <laughs> in in a, a nice way. Someone specific? Right. Or <laughs> Mr. Look, Levine. Oh, yeah, Marin, get ready. Because um, <laughs> we do have Marin uh, Yimbies. I'm talking to y'all. Yes, they're listening to this podcast <laughs> yes. right now. I know oh, that for yeah. a fact. But <laughs> I think the other thing, too, that like is going to be really important in the future for making statewide legislation is and I'm want to pivot I think into our third our our third leg like California EMB is like like toning it toning it to the serious style like actually kind of just a shill for like local organizations and so you know local organizations that are identifying problems like saying mm-hmm. I'm running into this as a consistent barrier mm-hmm. in my housing construction or like this is a tenants rights thing that like is a very serious issue and nobody's taking the right steps towards or like for um, Carla, like this is a city that it, Carla, uh, the California Renters, Renters Legal Advocacy and I Education can, I, Fund. I, that's, yes. I can never remember it. That's <laughs> impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, if they're running into cities that are being consistently bad actors, um, that's stuff that like can help us form mm-hmm. policy at the state level. Yeah, um, so that's our third leg of the stool right. is enforcement. So we have leg number one, all the local and regional groups that's eyes and ears on the ground. Mm-hmm. Leg number two, up at the state level, California Yimby, that's like coordinating, helping us enable best practices mm-hmm. everywhere, uh, and like snapping to attention when it's time to do statewide pushes. And then third leg of the stool, Carla, is enforcement. And so we have eyes and ears on the ground to know when mm-hmm. a local municipality is breaking the rules. Yeah. And so Carla can be called in to actually do the yep. lawsuit. And then Carla can say, okay, this is why and where our lawsuits aren't working. This is where we need better statewide legislation because they're slipping through the cracks. And so like this feedback effect from each leg of the stool is like so freaking important right. and makes me feel like we're like actually running a like legit organization Ugh. instead of just Isn't like, Oh, it's insane. Well, like we're not just like a bunch of lunatics running around being like, guys, we need more housing. I don't know why you don't get it. Although we're not not that. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you don't know, we sound so confident. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been told that maybe we need to dial the confidence back a little bit. I said competent. Oh, but well, yeah, I heard I, confidence. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I think you're selling yourself short because, like, one of the like the, the history of Carla, right, was that like local Yimby activists who like more occupied stool number one of the like mm-hmm. local Yimby chapters recognized that certain cities were like violating the law. So like Carla started up to, to to focus on that problem, 
So, you know, I, last last thing about that is I think it's really important for, for folks who, like, come to Yimby Action meetups, essentially, mm-hmm. but also maybe live in, like, Dublin or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's really important for them to flag for, for, for Carla and for maybe for California Yimby violations in Dublin of, like, like crazy stuff that's on a, on a city council agenda yeah, or something. Definitely. And, like, figuring out, like, for instance, like, we passed, so this is, like, a, a great... Three legs of the stool example is around all the ADU legislation that's totally, been passed. very much so. So at the local level, ADUs weren't really happening. Then we like passed some statewide ADU legislation, and then all of the local governments are like, "How do we sort of not build ADUs?" Exactly. <laughs> right. Like, like, well, also these, it's the same because it's the same person who's like, "I'm a law and order person," and then you know, like, comes in and they're like, explicit strategy is. To get violate state law, law yes. and like get around the law that <laughs> yeah. they don't like. Yeah. But like the, I mean, the, the I think the the best uh, th- the thing about Carla that I really love is like Victoria Pierce, who is one of the co-directors of Carla, and is badass. Like I was in the office one day when she got an email from someone about a potential violation of the HAA, oh, and like so I was good. just sitting there, and I was like, I feel like I'm watching a town about to get shit on. And I don't <laughs> know it. And like it's just a random email, but it's like you said, like somebody from the from I think it might have been Dublin, but someone from there sent an email, I think, right. and it's like I think the Yimbies have always taken a much more regional look, yeah. you know, like there's always the thing, like, are you even from this neighborhood? Yeah. Why do you have an opinion about my neighborhood? Yeah, because you the affect it is all the of worst. us. Because it turns out human beings are all connected, Stop and it. like I know it's Stop crazy. It. It's well, crazy to think that your decisions actually have long-term, massive negative effects, not only for me but also for my kids right. and the people coming after mm-hmm. us. But cool, why don't you just put up a wall <laughs> and like declare yourself king of all you can see? And when did these like super hyper progressive people want to like want to turn the neighborhood into what is essentially a corporation where individual shareholders? Mm-hmm. like holders of land are the only ones who get to say who gets to live there or what gets to happen mm-hmm. that's nuts that's ridiculous I mean do you like do you even live here has got to be one of the things that the Yimbies hear the most yeah. when we go oh, to, I, I have to say that's got to be top three at least yeah, I, I it's like very to just hard say not that, to be bitter at being like, no, I don't live here because you made it too problem. expensive. Yeah, or exactly. well, like we default to it too. Remember the other day when we were maybe or maybe not putting up flyers in a neighborhood? I don't know what you're talking um, about. Anyway, but the, <laughs> someone came up and she was like, oh, are you neighbors? And we both defaulted to no, but we both live like a mile from where <laughs> we were. And like I've been thinking about that a lot. Like I think we should all just start saying yes. Yes, we're all neighbors. Right. I deny that we were putting up those posters. Me too. Um, so. <laughs> it was just for the story. It was an anecdotal. It's a hypothetical. Hypothetical. That's what you do in podcasts. Yes, yeah. definitely hypothetical. Um, the but I, wait, I want us to circle back to these kind of three legged stool example because the ADU is a good one. Where then we get an email from somebody right. who's like, "Hey, my." my neighborhood in Marin that has been recently demolished by fires is trying to pass legislation uh, to make it impossible for their neighborhood association for somebody to add an ADU because oh, clearly like they don't the have yes, they're rebuilding main homes the entire region has been decimated by fires but what the neighbors are really upset about is that somebody might put an ADU in their basement oh, of their horror. 
of their newly constructed house. This world is so crazy. I know, right? But the person, it's like their homeowner association, so they don't want to come in and rock the boat. Right. And so we get to say, okay, Carla can, mm-hmm. apropos of nothing, right? We, we just heard word on the street. Yeah, right. And so we send a threatening letter that says, hey, by the way, if your homeowners association blocks ADUs, uh, we will sue you. Mm-hmm. And then everyone gets to be like, Oh my, we had no idea. Right. Yeah. Because nobody else was enforcing these things. And then it becomes this like feedback effect of like we pass better ADU legislation right. at the state level. Which, which we're is, doing this year. Which we're doing this year. Yeah, you just get get live. Is and that an actual bill yet? Or Senate Bill eight three one okay. from Senator Wykowski would do a bunch of stuff that would actually super help ADUs. But one of my favorite bits is that if a planning department had not acted on an ADU application within 120 days, that application would automatically be deemed approved. Booyah! Sounds great to me, because yeah. what government does anything within 120 days? <laughs> yeah. So, But this is where these three links, right? You have the eyes and ears on the ground. You yep. have statewide passing, helping us all pass these better legislation. And then you have enforcement when that doesn't happen. Right. You need the eyes and the ears on the ground in order to get the enforcement to like know when and where and have the right kind of evidence for when to come forward. And then you need the statewide to like listen to the local people and say, okay, where are laws not working? Where What's the next step? Mm-hmm. What do we need? And how do we, and the local people are the ones who give the statewide elected officials the ability to like push really great statewide right. legislation and know that there will be people there cheering and championing them. Right. Like they want to be reelected. That's like the only thing we have right. to offer them. So. Can, I, can I just say this is a good system. Like this is sophisticated. Yes. Like, it sounds like we meant to do yeah. this. It's and to think <laughs> don't tell anyone that we accidentally did all this. And to think that like like basically four and a half years ago, five years ago, the Yimby movement in San Francisco was like basically Sonia being mad in mm-hmm. real life at right. planning commissioners. Like and now we're here. Like this is huge. Uh, and it's yeah. and, and it's because of all of our wonderful activists yeah. and like organizers around the state. I would like to personally thank <coughs> the formerly known as Noe Valley Charm Committee mm. for Ooh, yes. uh, providing Protect the initial yeah, yeah. for providing the initial fuel. Our, that, our that radio was, viewers yeah. can't see, but I am pouring a beer out on yeah. the San Francisco floor <laughs> yep. in support. Of I mean, Charm. if it wouldn't, uh, if it hadn't been for them, then I don't know that the outrage would have been strong enough to attract, you know, the initial. Coreness. I don't know. It just seems like I don't know. You like say it, that, but there are lots of terrible people who have inspired lots of yeah. people. Yeah, <laughs> like just you know, you got the you got the notice. You know, you got the notice, and then it, I just I just want to yeah. thank them. You know, yeah. So thank you. <laughs> Basically, true. thanks to our haters. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like you know, the George Woodings the of the world are really what makes the Yimby engine run. So, thank you, you know, my mother tells me we need to be less bitter. Uh, <laughs> so. Okay, meeting your mother was a treat. By the way, I hope she's a podcast listener. She's great. She needs yes. to get involved in the EMB chapter in oh, her area definitely. in DC? Vietnam. They don't really need it. They socialists, they also get that like yeah. people need places to live. And, like, good, yeah, they're a little better about it than us. Well, and here's the thing: she lives in Hanoi, which is like a city that very few people know about, and has ten times the population mm-hmm. of San Francisco. It's like yeah. those cities are so small. Paris is four times denser than San Francisco. Yep. 
That's turns wild. Out we, we, it turns out that it's not unlivable when lots of people live there. Yep. Yeah. It's yes. a magic whoa, trick. Whoa. What is this crazy <laughs> lock that you have? Stop it. Whoa. Um, okay. So with that, I do want to pivot to um, examples because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about how local legislation needs to back up the state this whole three legs of the stool um also sam just want to wants to bitch about a bunch of affordable housing that's getting fucked with so like i'm just going to turn it over i appreciate to you. that yeah so, uh, so so sam i i'm a sacramento man and uh hear that uh, san francisco politics is crazy it is crazy <laughs> which it is crazy <laughs> an example so uh mission housing is building uh we are part of a team that is building out at this site called the balboa reservoir um, it's out in the west side. It's right by City College on Ocean. Um, it's a five-minute walk from a BART station. There's three rapid transit buses that go by, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's this giant reservoir that was man-made a bazillion years ago that has actually, I believe, never actually reserved a drop of water ever. So It's been used as a parking lot. Yeah, so what they did was they built a reservoir instead of calling it a parking lot. But what it really has been has been a parking lot for like two generations. And uh, the PUC owns the land, and they decided that we should build some housing on it. Um, Thank you, PUC. Yeah, thank you, PUC. Uh, So it's 17 acres. And the winning proposal that Mission Housing is part of is for approximately 1,100 units up to 1,300 50% 50% of which will be affordable. 50? Five zero. Yeah. That's good. It is, it is. And, um, you know, the, it's great. Because it's city land. Because so it's you city can land. Yeah. And, well, but that's also, a lot of units. It is. I it mean, is. that's a lot. Like, it's, well, no, but it's not that many units. Like it, 17 acres, we could fit 6,000 6, on yeah. there. Oh. So what it is is like, yeah. it's 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 uh, it's a couple things. I mean, look, I'm I'm building six to 700 affordable units is great. Like I'm not going right, to say right. that that's bad, but this is very it, much it goes to the, yeah. So, and, and it goes, it, the reason that it's only 1100 is because of the years of process that it took to put the, the original request for proposal out. And many, most of the West side neighborhoods didn't want any housing. And so even though structurally, you know, we could do at least five to six thousand units this, at like Paris level density. At Paris level density, yeah. Right? I'm talking that, about sixty-five foot. How, you know, awful I'm talking, yeah, right. Paris. I'm talking about sixty-five like a feet right. that all of our haters go on vacation to. And yeah, yeah exactly. It, like right. for that feeling. Right. So, like, while it's super awesome, what we're doing. I know you listen, haters. Yeah, and I, I'm excited about <laughs> it. Yeah, they definitely. Listen. They totally do. Well, do baby boomers know how to work podcasts? Hey, we're not supposed to be. Right. Ages. Sorry. Sorry. Anyway, so. <laughs> This gets to the point Real of strong commitment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, yeah. I mean, we're generationalist. It, it's hard. Like when when we went out. I mean, at the planning commission the other day, I was talking about, and I was trying to be like cheerful about how, like, hey guys, we're all gonna die. Like, can you please build some housing? And like, I normally need to be cheerful. I was, I was so nice, and I was like, hey, you know, and I did kind of say, hey, if you don't upzone, because eight two seven, right? If San Francisco doesn't decide to upzone, then the state will upzone for you. So like, you you have a choice here, planning commission. You could either get with the program, or you could let the state level hammer come smack you idiots on the head but I said it in a very nice way and then from the back of the crowd freaking person from pro- from Protect Noe's Charm Committee says Oh God. Uh, bon voyage that's what she said bon, vi- bon voyage nice. right aka French for get the fuck out right 
Bon voyage, Laura, as I'm, like, walking out. Like, it's, like, and she's, like, this passive-aggressive nastiness about, like, you know, oh, you want to go to Paris? Get out of here, right? Because she doesn't care. I mean, this is the thing, right? Going from Noe Valley to living in Soma has been this, like, oh, my God, this is why these people don't think there's a problem. In Noe Valley, there aren't problems. They literally right. are in a bubble. Yeah. yeah. That it's is just, like, it's very pretty and cute. Yeah. And the bus comes, and you can drive around, mm-hmm. and you just don't feel there's not homeless people because the cops make sure to make them move along, and there's no services available in Noe Valley. You feel like everything is going to the local little mm-hmm. bakery to pick up your donut before walking to your local bar, the Valley Tavern, which is wonderful. It's just like you're living in this yeah. world where like mm-hmm. there's no socioeconomic integration, so there's no problems. Right. And, and the, like, the, it's like the west side of San Francisco. You know, like so these You might as well be in a gated community because you have by mm-hmm. legislation made sure that poor people cannot get access to your community. Seventy two percent of San Francisco is zoned for R one right. or R two right. housing, which right. is very low density. Yep. In San Francisco, the densest city in the mm-hmm. west on the west coast. So like, only because we I feel like every time somebody says that we need to like densest city in the west coast purely because we draw our political lines artificially small. Well and also like this is the densest city and we're Four times less dense than a reasonably dense city, mm-hmm. like by world standards. That's the thing that like really pisses me off about California planners or American planners in general. They're always comparing themselves to themselves. Mm-hmm. So like th- these wide, right? These, we're we're denser than Fresno. These that's a big accomplishment, oh, guys. We're, we're so much denser than Fresno. Also, guys. Fresno. I know you listen. It's <laughs> Fresno's wonderful. I'm but, never coming back. <laughs> but um, no, and like so, like we don't capture in in our and that, like in our in our zeitgeist, we don't capture these huge gaping mm-hmm. errors that we're making mm-hmm. compared to cities around the world, or even like New York, on things like driving or on safety statistics. And in, in, in Norway, they're just crushing us on, on like bi- bicycle stuff or and like every, housing. And everyone uses very self-serving statistics where they right. compare like political area rather than metropolitan area, right. and like things like that, like. We need to be hitting home over and over again. Right. Like the fact that we think of San Francisco as seven by seven is like a mental error. Correct. Like it's not seven by seven. The the way that we all affect each other is this one hundred and one municipalities that are each charting their own stupid destinies right. and like making the same mistakes over and over well, again. Even the reservoir is a good example. So there's been literally like fifty community advisory committee meetings at this point, right? Like 50, something like that. Like a lot. Once a month for a long time. Then they are miserable. And all of them have been (laughs) held at the ocean campus of City College, which is where it's being built. And we finally successfully lobbied to have the next CAC meeting, which is actually tomorrow, Monday. Monday, so that means I have to edit this and get it out. What's that date? The Mondays? Whatever the date is. Anyway. It's uh, the the 12th. The 12th. So it's going to be at City College tomorrow night at 6 p.m. And the vigor and outrage and just outright furor over the audacity that we would want to have something that's going to affect the whole city at a meeting place that's centrally located to everyone in the city that has been met by the community advisory committee and the people out 
on the west side is is infuriating. This touches on that thing that uh, Jason McDaniel's always talking about about how we're uh, broadening the idea of who gets a position to like talk about this thing. Yeah. Who is the community? Right. And how do these decisions affect a like larger group? Then like this is I mean this is the toxic force of the idea of local control. Like local yeah. control ends up mm-hmm. meaning that the small group of people who often have ownership right they own property is the people who get the most weight in a local control base and so benefit financially directly from the lack of housing affordability i mean it's like putting de beers in charge of the diamond industry yes which Which we did not work well yeah (laughs) and i also i I just want to i just want to add that like like a lot of the people who come out and yell at these meetings seem to be people who at least like look at themselves in the mirror and say i want more affordable housing 50 meetings is, is expensive. Right. Oh, like, all yeah, of these things right. are expensive. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't come out of some infinite pocket of money that, like, greedy capitalists are hiding away from everybody. It comes out of poor people housing. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, that's we, the we thing. We stop building those ghost, right, the ghost units is, yep. is that term. Ghost units are not being built because they're going to these meetings. Yep. And, I mean, that's the thing about the Yimbies. Like, you know, I work with a lot of different developers, and I've been told a lot that I should pick my battles better and get outraged less. <laughs> How's that working? It's not going well. Is that was that your doctor telling you that, <laughs> or it's all of the other developers actually? Okay. But like, you know, they a lot. Most of the developers, I think, maybe I benefit from be like just being with Yimbies all of the rest of the time. Yeah, so they don't realize that what they, a high know, it can be to yeah. like have fun and be like, man, this but is fucked yeah, up. These eleven hundred okay. units, you know, like these eleven hundred <laughs> units are that's four thousand units that aren't being built and and it's because like our city planners our city government the supervisor everybody defaulted to it being a losing battle to build that housing so like why even try yeah so the balboa reservoir eir so they're the what they're requesting uh the city to do an environmental impact report on Uh which is going to set the maximum density because in order to like actually build the project you need the eir to be at least that many number of units they could have done an EIR for like the max that could have potentially been in there, which I would say would be like seven or eight thousand, and then come down from then and what they actually built. But instead, they're only applying for an EIR for like one thousand seven hundred. We're gonna try. I, w- I would love it if it's like around two thousand, but we're, we're still talking about that. Less than. 7,000. So they're setting their own maximum number of units and then they will get negotiated down from that. They're not starting at right. six or 7,000, which is like what the space could easily handle. They're like pre-negotiating with themselves in order to not agitate the neighbors who like, by the way, are going to be agitated. Like right. that's like the thing is yeah, that Westwood like, Park is going to file a bunch of losses yeah, no matter what. We, they asked for a wall. Is this a 100% affordable? No, it's a 50-50. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's like city like, on land that they're going to leverage into right. way more there will be affordable lots housing of market rate by building units the built market out rate. There. Yeah. Right. It's mm-hmm. one of these cross-subsidized projects. Mm-hmm. Okay. But like, you know, I, I, I think to bring up your, your ballot prop, the UMB Action ballot mm-hmm. prop, like 100% affordable housing is subject to the same bullshit by the same oh, people. Yeah. But we have less, you know, the thing, the difference between with affordable housing is that we can't, so like if a market rate developer gets pushed out two years but does get financing, they're just going to increase the cost of like the rent or the or the sale right. price to, if they can. to make it right. to right. make to their try money, to make it pencil. right, right. To, to make their money. But like affordable, like we can't do that. You can't get more. You know, subsidy. we can't get more subsidy. We can't raise rents right. just to, to offset stuff. And 
So, you know, it is really important for us to like pick the perfect time to launch the, the like when the money spigot actually gets turned on right. because like they'll take it away from you if you don't, like if you get one subsidy and you need five different subsidies and you and you get to the third one right. and you don't get that one, they're not going to be like, okay, cool, we'll help you out. Like the other two are just going to walk and give it to somebody else right. and damn the project. And so to say so nothing about all- So much money gets wasted right. in affordable housing. I mean, I'm not in, saying yeah. buy the affordable housing, but right. buy this community. The process, process, yeah, by yeah. the pro- yeah, so much. And it, it, it comes out to a well. It's not. I mean, you which know, is ironic because George Wooding's long article is all about how we're wasting public money uh, by building affordable housing. It's like a little bit incoherent, but he he's really like upset that the affordable housing per unit is going to cost a lot of money. And I'm like, George, the reason the per unit costs so much money is because you spend so much of your own free time yep. fighting that affordable housing going yep. in. And it, it, it actually just because of the horrible like neoliberal way that we've set up our society even though it's still so expensive per unit when you average out like the cost of taking care of that homeless family or taking care of that family like all the other social services it we're still making money on it it's just like you know old people are angry but like it costs a lot more to have a family be homeless on the street and need social services and the police get called and ambulance gets called but i hate that argument though it like implies that like the, like, I mean, it's true that it costs more for a family to be on mm-hmm. the streets and all the services and whatnot, but also, like, morals. Yeah. yeah like, of course. I don't yeah. want that at all. But, like, <laughs> just like, but from the point of you're getting yelled money. at by George Wooding every week. I know. It's just, but that's the other thing is that I see in these affordable housing debates, especially when it's affordable housing. I mean, when it's housing in general, the, like, project-by-project debates are, you know, dominated by retired people who have mm-hmm. the time right. to go to every fucking hearing. But... When you're talking about affordable housing, they don't really seem to have a concept of what you are losing by having another and another and another this, and another this, meeting. This is exactly right. And that's yeah. like the ghost units. It's like we've, we, we, we never think about... Oh, it's the, only you know, we're only losing ten units. Oh, but Sam. you're still building. The I don't projects, know why you would have right? empathy for those yeah, ten or, families that are now park, homeless. Like parking, like yeah. San Francisco still has parking minimums on affordable housing, it's doesn't it? Like uh, not uh, on no, affordable, we, but on, on, other on 100% affordable now. Since then, Supervisor Weiner passed some legislation that basically took took that out. Great, that's um, good. but. The, even though we don't need that, the, the neighborhoods typically are fear. We're building 120 units over the Balboa BART station, like literally above a BART station, and we're not going to build any parking on it. And it's Good. taken like a year and a half for us to not get screamed at all of the time because of Which it. Which is, this This is a big problem in housing and public transportation policy. So much of this stuff is decided by people who will never use right. the asset right. that we're talking about. Exactly. Right. Right. Like, and I, the people who use the asset are fundamentally, especially by local control, locked out yeah, of the discussion. Yeah, they're at work. Right. They're, they're, right. They're, yeah. They can't exactly. leave work at 12 p.m. on a Thursday, right. or they need to go take care of their family. They can't go to some random basement community meeting on a Tuesday night, you know, and, and then it's just some crazies yelling. But that now is, the Yindies are here. Now the Yindies are here. I think the thing that, on that note, just to sidetrack for a sec, uh, we will, like the Yimbies, we'll talk to everybody. Like, yeah. even Definitely. if we disagree, like, you know, violently on one issue, if there's another issue where we can't agree and we can, like, move the ball forward, then cool. And as much as Yimbies get boxed into having, like, a, an opinion, right? Like, apparently mm-hmm. to everybody, we are the pro developer, like, pro sure. market yeah, rate. Right. I don't That's care the only about the developers. I care about yeah. the development. Right? We, we also have lots of other opinions mm-hmm. about cars, about tenants' rights, about, like, just mm-hmm. general mm-hmm. urbanist issues, mm-hmm. like parks and shit. So, like, I, I would. 
I would struggle to find somebody who couldn't agree with the the Yimby movement on at least on something. one one important Agreed. movable issue. And I guess that is it kills me that that makes us unique, right? Like yeah. I, I see a lot that's of. Right. Or, I, I don't mean, think that's totally. I fair. think in San Francisco, I'm constantly being said, but I'm surprised, like. Sam, why are you allowed to be a Yimby and build affordable housing? Well, yeah, yeah. And, no, the and, partisanship and the like team space yeah, stuff right, is so right, intense. Where right. they're just like, you have to always be in lockstep. Yeah, you're right. And Can like I, the fact that, and this is where it's been like controversial, which I nobody actually cares. Like for instance, I've been no on the Tasers initiative, and like people keep come like asking me like, how are you allowed to be no on the Tasers? Allowed. And I was Isn't like, allowed. Right. There's like, some what does tribune, that even mean? right? Like, yeah, yeah I was because like, I don't. I, want people to die. <laughs> yeah, because like I looked at it and I was like, this is bad policy. And then, but then the weirdest part has been the people who are running the No on Tasers like initiative have been really mean to me about how I'm not no enough. And I was like, oh, this, so I say yeah, it loudly just... and I write emails about it, but I'm not like mm-hmm. no enough. Like, can you, I agree with you. Why not like reach out? Assemblyman... The, the team-based bullshit is so, so ridiculous. Assemblyman Chu was a co-author and the chair who scheduled the repeal of Costa-Hawkins legislation, AB 1506. And the people who were proponents right, of that legislation still protested him. Wait, wait. We have to tell this story even better because it was the funniest thing I've ever right, seen. Right, because we were No, we were at the okay, party. Go. Okay, go. so we arrived to a party hosted by many of the affordable. non-profit affordable housing developers <laughs> who were thrilled that David Chu and other legislators had passed an incredible housing package that included a massive amount of money. We were trying to say thanks. Yeah. And they were like, it was like, it was like the David Chu's awesome for affordable housing. And that's the event that they they decided to protest. protest. That's so wild. That's the peak San Francisco. It was so, it was so funny because I was like, you know, your allies are in here celebrating him. Like you should have protest I, like, just pick any other event he to was protest the co-author you, of the legislation yes, though don't like don't protest the what? co-author of your bill i don't know hot tip like what and then but, you know okay but i want to jump back to something sam said that, that like <laughs> it's just so wild that this is unique that we have multiple opinions about multiple topics like i i have asked a legislator point blank because i i, I firmly believe like both in in the long term and in the short term that my position should not have to exist. Like, I should not have to go to the yes. legislature and talk about housing affordability because we've had affordable housing advocates in the legislature for decades. Every like, single activist should be working to put themselves out of business. That's also true. Correct. Exactly. And and I've had a leg- I've had a legislator. I've talked to legislators about this, and I've point blank been told by a, le- a legislator who shall go unnamed <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> That the reason that affordable housing advocates are not promoting housing affordability policies is that housing affordability is not affordable housing. That like these people do affordable housing, they don't do housing affordability. The fact that those two issues are so apparently distinct from each other that they wouldn't comment on the on the second is just mind blowing to yeah. me. I mean, that's I, that would make sense to me because of the like financial incentives of like project activism of like getting like it's like it's an entirely but they different also have thing to values, say. Right? Like these people yeah. are like you know they're moral beings too. But I'm not, I have no problem actually with somebody being like I am the lobbyist for this narrow thing. Right? Like, yes, Yimbies are, like, solve the problem in general, and so we, like, touch on a lot of things. But I also think, like, that way can lead towards some, like, toxic nonsense behavior where, like, you know, like, I have seen um, 
I'll just say, like, I, I see the bike coalition sometimes not just being like, we need bikes and mm-hmm. we need protected bike lanes. They, like, pick new things which are, like, you know, important. But they get, like, really, like, they're like, we have to, like, defend the homeless. And I'm like, okay, like, I, I, I also want to do things for the right. homeless, but, like, you haven't solved the bike thing yet. Like, the bike infrastructure is really bad, and, like, are, is this what all of your members, do all your members yeah, agree you on like a lot of You a, can, but sometimes they're in direct conflict. And like, a lot of affordable housing, quote-unquote, advocate groups have morphed into being more, like, anti-market rate housing yeah, groups. That's where it becomes really toxic. Yeah, and they've, like, kind of lost their way, and I think that just the nature of... The, like the actual building of affordable housing and just the nature of how complicated right. and even in the best of times it would still t- it's still hard to put the money together and everything I think a lot of the successful developers can they're like just in it, it's it's I can see how you could just get in this bubble and yeah. you do it for like 15 years and you go from project to project to project and it's so hard to do it every time that you don't look up and you're like well who's saying that they actually represent me or like how is right. my industry being represented cuz yeah. like i would be fine if the capital a capital h affordable housing people didn't talk about market rate housing and that's kind of how it works at the state level mm-hmm. they're like i'm here to fight for affordable housing i'm not really here to talk about what's happening in the rest of the housing market that's true whereas in san yeah. francisco it's like the worst of both world which is they are very active in the discussion about market rate housing in a toxic and destructive way mm. so like i don't know if your vision of them talking about housing affordability <laughs> is quite right because like you just take san francisco as Fair. like an oh no please yeah. don't help us on this topic that's fair <laughs> i don't know i it's just i it's just like it just i i like i i we all have opinions about this stuff yeah. right and I, it's more of like a shock that these people could also have opinions about this stuff and like restrain themselves from commenting on like what what is what well i mean let's be honest like what is clearly the biggest crisis california is mm-hmm. facing right now well, and, just, and they saw that coming and just didn't say anything the, about the environmental, <laughs> right? Like uh, the environmental aspect of building yeah. all this housing. Well, the environmentalists are like their own kind of cray because, like, they're so dominated by their like local retired Old. chapters. Can I like, can I ask yeah. a question for myself, but also for our haters? Is San Francisco Sierra Club like a prominent, powerful organization in the city? I think it or? depends on whether or not you read the Examiner or. Well, that's the thing is that, like, the branding of the Sierra Club is good. And so it's, like, a small fringe wackadoodle organization. But then if you quote, like, the San Francisco Sierra Club says X, like, most people who are only half paying attention are like, oh, well, the Sierra Club Mm -hmm. isn't the environmentalist group. And so, therefore, Mm -hmm. they have this, like, air of legitimacy. And, you know... They do not represent the overwhelming majority of San Francisco at this point. I'm so disappointed, actually, with this. Like, yeah. I don't understand, like, if I was running, honestly, like, if I was running the National Sierra Club, like, I would, I would quit. Because it's like, are, do you really think that your organization is working more good in the world or more anti-environmentalist policy? Well, so I used to be a Sierra Club member. Like, I have been to Yosemite every year. The state one? Uh, I think my local one. But I don't really differentiate. (laughs) I've been to Yosemite every year but that's since the problem. I was 11. You don't differentiate. Exactly. Yeah. And like the, like the, the Sierras are a place that are important to me, but like it, just the whole mess, except for that one national article of the Sierra Club, is just so, I think, disappointing to me that like I really have a hard time participating. Yeah, I mean, the state Sierra Club had to send a letter to our local Sierra Club saying 
what is wrong with you? Yeah, Why are you doing this? Stop. But then the state is still. And they're but opposing. They don't yeah, do the bill anything. Right. They don't. Yeah. They, they, don't, do they don't do anything. Do anything. Yeah. Like yeah. they don't actually take control of the situation and say, guys, like this is y'all. like y'all. This is bad. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Uh, people, people, people. Uh, they don't say like stop doing bad environmentalist policy. And I don't understand how you could be like, I mean, imagine the kind of person who's working in statewide or national Sierra Club who has like gone to school, dedicated their lives to the environment, and then is like enabling the local San Francisco chapters to like fight the fight, turning a car barn into dense multifamily housing, right? Like how do you... How do you not just like scream? Is a car barn what you guys called it in uh, rural Appalachia where you grew up? No, there's literally a car barn no, across no, the a street from barn. one of our it's developments. Called a car barn. It's called, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a car barn in the well, city. Well, they didn't want to they didn't want to reduce. It's a historic. They, yeah, they didn't car barn. Wanna, I don't know. understand why you don't see why the more environmentally friendly. <laughs> we, we didn't want to preserve that historic no. car barn. This is amazing. We didn't we didn't want to we didn't want to build. It's where the upper yard. It's by the Balboa Bar Station. We weren't suggesting to build where the car barn is. It's just oh, that our building. Mm, is going to cast a shadow a couple hours a day on the car barn. And since it's a historic uh, land building that's owned by Park and Rec, there was talk of like doing an appeal against the shadows on parsing so that got squashed wild. and that got that got sent away but the fact that like it took a couple of weeks of talking about how we were going to deal with it is like what you're saying about how expensive it it, it gets like these meetings all of us right. being worried about these this stuff these cost money yeah like right. we as well, a society just me and my staff spent time on that on instead of building right. something else that's okay so i kind of want to like incorporate into uh some of this like reports and everything that everyone has to do in response to these things it's like number of staff hours mm. and like the cost of that yeah. and like just have a running tally especially for affordable housing yeah. of the amount of time and money purely from the affordable housing developer that it took for them to finally get through the entire like, process and get their permits. the number of consultants that you've probably oh, seen hired for things it's like ridiculous. shadow studies yeah, oh yeah oh, yeah like God. that's Dude, we such get, a wild expenditure mm-hmm. like the reservoir is another and another good like not just the the, of course, like the monetary cost, but like just the like physical and emotional. So like the reservoir is a really good example. We all, this is going to be a long project, you know, like it's going to take a couple years for the EIR no matter what. And so we all have all these other projects we're working on. Like we can't even have these planning reservoir meetings before six o'clock at night. Like on most Mondays, we're there from like five to seven thirty or so. And like, that's fine. You know, everybody works long, but like it's exhausting to go yeah. and do that. And like, I live an awesome millennial life i can do what i want but like i'm literally i think I'm. But you pretty, don't have kids i just want to say i'm like the kids. only person yeah. on the team that doesn't have kids that i most of the team lives out in like oakland or even further out and like i know that i'm getting home in 20 minutes when it's over but they're not there's a chance they're not even on bart yet you right. know like i just yeah. and it's like people don't realize like you know when the george woodings of the world write these letters and stop and you know like they don't want us to what's what's wood park gonna say when we want to have an, an artery into their neighborhood and we have a 30 minute conversation about that like that's exhausting no and all the people who would go to the, i mean also just the pure act of going to these meetings mm-hmm. i was about to say all these people who would go to the meetings if they weren't insufferable and horrible but like also we should be making these decisions at a higher level of government because asking people who are working to come out every monday right. for a year. Yeah. The idea of discretionary review is. Uh, 
it, it's more, more frustrating at that level, like at the just broader level of like California in general. Sixty-four percent of Californians support more housing in their neighborhood, if, even when they are primed with the thought of more traffic. Right, but the, the but I they're would like, argue like only five percent of them can get to the friggin' meeting. To, well, and like, it. and then of that five percent, probably like ninety-nine percent of those people could get there, like. Mm-hmm. Don't give. Oh yeah, well, it's, it's like you always right? say. Like the majority of people get that notice for the new building, read it, and are like, "Huh." Then crumple it up and go about their way. Exactly. Yes. And so they don't need to say it all. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. So this is. I just like. I think actually this is. So we're getting to the end to pull it back to like these three legs of the stool. This is like where it becomes really important to have this like especially local and state. Yeah. Because we need to elect people who are going to recognize that like there are voting blocks mm-hmm. who will support them. Yeah. And then, like, California can be keeping track of, like, the statewide legislation. So when they do the good thing, then we have this, like, feedback effect of, like, electing and celebrating elected officials when they're doing the right policy. You know, yes, on the local level, we need to be fighting in all these hearings. But we also need them to know that, like, the... project by project and hearing by hearing activism like there's no way that like the yimbies are going to be able Mm -hmm. to win on that level at the long enough term we have to make these huge structural changes and that's going to take changing laws historical proof yeah you can't just go project by project and expect to make major and we have to do the project by project activism like it's very critical to like be fighting and like strengthening your army at all of these different levels but they have to be feedbacking into giving the elected officials the like leg room I don't know what yeah, the head, yeah, head, yeah, the leg room to be able to say why not both yeah, yeah both. head space leg room a bigger bed for everyone yeah. <laughs> <laughs> efficiently designed in a yeah. dense and this apartment. is why like every, like every Yimby group needs so this is like my plug every Yimby group across the state needs to be connecting with California Yimby Definitely. sharing their data yeah. and sharing their information about like what is do they see where the statewide laws are not doing well, and then connecting them with Carla, and so we'll, that we'll, we have all, we'll have all that like, contact yeah. on the on the notes, right? Yes. My yeah. email will be in there. Yeah, l o u i s at c a m b dot org. <laughs> you said that on the you website. Said that. that was very seductive. Uh, e- email me and just like you know, if you have lists, people, volunteers, stuff, just say I want to help, Great. and we'll get you to help. Great. Yeah, and this like three legs of the school. Like we need the local groups to be endorsing and supporting candidates. We yeah. need like this it's like each and piece has to work and mm-hmm. 827 mm-hmm. we need people who like want to write op-eds like no matter what your skill level is like connecting with this and then we need people who go to the hearings and recognize when this is where like Carla is going to be critical too of like you know we'll be creating more and more fact sheets for what to look for in a yeah. hearing when they are violating state law so that like that can be your enforcer and it's going to be frick- I mean I'm this just really excited this is such exciting. a good policy idea and collaboration <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, so always get in touch if you have ideas, thoughts, uh, just want to rage out. That's fine, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, when you don't want to get mad, call, call Sam. Let's yeah, that's fine. Just, I'm just already mad. Yeah. <laughs> just come be mad with me. All right. Mwah.